Our God, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, who we love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I've got some good news for you this morning. Really good news. We are never alone. God is with us. Years ago, I had some surgery on my leg. And I won't go into all the details about what that surgery was all about. But like you, like many of you that have faced surgery, I was nervous about it. I was worried. I was anxious. I was concerned. That's natural. I was right at that moment in pre-op where they've got you all in the bed ready to take you into the surgical center to, to have the surgery. And this nurse, this kindly Sweet-voiced nurse leaned over and spoke to me. Now, I don't remember the exact words of what she said, but it was something along these lines. I'm right here. It's going to be all right. I'm going to be with you the whole way. Now, you just relax. You've got one of the best surgeons around, and we're going to take good care of you. It's all going to turn out fine. Your job is just to sleep. And when you wake up, I'm still going to be there to take care of you. Now relax. It's going to be fine. You're in good hands. Good news. We are never alone. God with us. I think that's a picture of God with us. And God with us sometimes shows up in the form of a person, in the form of a friend, in the form of a family member. Caring for us when we need that care. Well, I've also got some unsettling news for us this morning. We are never alone. God is with us. Now, like a lot of men my age, I have something that's called obstructive sleep apnea. What is that? That's a tendency when I lie down at night for my upper airway to collapse while I'm sleeping. Now, the most obvious sign that I've got that going on is my tendency to snore. Cindy doesn't like that. But it also signals that there's some other serious respiratory concerns going on and medical things that I need to take care of. So fairly recently, I went to a pulmonary doctor and underwent a sleep study. Maybe some of you have done the same. And she prescribed for me to get a continuous positive airway pressure machine or what's commonly called a CPAP machine. I understand our president just has gotten one as well. Hey, I'm good company. It's an apparatus with a mask that covers your mouth and your nose while sleeping so that your O2 levels stay up, so the humidity stays up, so you can sleep safely and comfortably and not have so many events that sleep apnea causes. But here's the thing, I found out that this machine, this nice cute little machine that sits on my bedside, this this sweet little machine with this mask attached to it, sends information to my doctor. She knows when I am sleeping, she knows when I'm awake. (laughs) She knows if I've been bad or good, no, that's a different song. But it does, it shows her on a chart how long I've slept with the machine on. It shows her on a chart the night that I got mad at the mask and threw it off after a couple of hours. She can see that on her chart. So let me tell you, 
That accountability makes me perk up and try to make sure I wear that machine every night because she knows if I've got it over my nose and I want to make sure she knows that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, doing what she has directed me to do. And ultimately, and I know this and you do as well, it is for my good so that I do sleep better. I do have my blood oxygen levels better. I am more rested and I don't snore anymore. We are never alone. God is with us. Sometimes that is in the form of accountability to someone who is looking out for our good. This is a truth that is both comforting and concerning. It consoles us and it challenges us. It helps us look ahead with confidence, peace, and hope. But it also makes us look over our shoulders with trepidation and fear sometimes. It's been said that the role of a prophet, and in this case, the role of a preacher, is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And this passage does just that. But hear me today, whether we're facing hard times of uncertainty, relational difficulty, financial setback, intense grief, facing illness or chronic pain, it is good to know that we are never alone. God is with us. Even in the good times, when things are going great, when we're having great relationships with our friends and our family, all is going well, when we're in times of prosperity and joy, it is good to know that God is with us. We are never alone. And yes, yes, even when we're tempted, so easily tempted to take matters into our own hands and to do things that we know are selfish and not right, that break God's heart and God's laws, when we give in to our false self, even then, it's good to know that we are never alone. God is with us. So that's what the psalmist is trying to say in this passage. Let's look at the psalms just in brief. Psalms, of course, are a collection, an anthology of anthologies, if you will, of hymns, prayers, personal reflections, and well-crafted poems written by numerous authors over hundreds of years and collected in our Bibles that we might have this. Here's the neat thing about the Psalms. The Psalms give us a glimpse into the personal, most intimate inner life of the people of early Israel. It shows us what they're thinking and what they're feeling, how they're expressing these things to God, how they view God, how they understand God. They're in conversation with God about all that's going on inside their hearts and lives. Now, many of the Psalms, as you know, are lofty and grand Psalms of praise and adoration to Elohim, whose that name shows up in our Bible as God, or to Yahweh, shows up in our Bibles as Lord. But many of the Psalms are blunt, pointed, and intensely honest. They express outrage and disgust and words of retaliation against Israel's enemies. Sometimes it's as if the psalmist is raising his fist at God and shaking his fist at God and saying, how can you allow this to be so? Where are you, God? What are you doing? It's said that over half of the psalms contain some element of lament, outrage, or even questioning of God. 
But here's the thing that we need to remember. Even in that, we sense that there's an openness, an honesty, an intimacy for the psalmist writing to God. And here's the thing. It's all right. God can handle it. In fact, God wants to handle it. He would rather us be in conversation with him about those kinds of things. What he cannot tolerate is indifference, avoidance, silence, rejection, ambivalence, as what's sometimes called in our modern language, ghosting him or crickets. God is with us. We are never alone. Let's look at some of the big theological themes in this passage of Scripture that we heard read by by Cindy and Mary Beth and Becca. Thank y'all. There's three big words that all begin with the prefix omni, which means all. Many of you remember we used to have a great big facility here in Atlanta called the Omni because it was designed for both a sports arena and a concert arena and a convention arena. Omni. We have three words that describe God. Omniscient, which comes from the same word as science or knowledge. Omniscient means all-knowing. God knows everything. Omnipotent, which you hear potent in there. It's all-powerful, meaning God is the most powerful deity. And omnipresent, present, meaning God is anywhere and everywhere all of the time. This psalm speaks primarily of God's omnipresence, but also a lot about God's omniscience as well, his all-knowing nature, knowing all that's going on. So the psalmist muses on how God knows all about him or her and how he or she cannot get away from God no matter where they go and how hard they try. God knows when the psalmist goes to bed. God knows when the psalmist gets up. God knows how many creams and sugar they put in their coffee. Well, that's not in the text, but you get the drift. Even the thoughts inside the psalmist's head are discerned by God. He or she cannot keep anything from God, anything hidden from God in any way. Every wicked imagination Every deepest fear, every lustful thought, every vengeful motive, every negative feeling is known by God. Every worry, every prejudice, every plot, every plan, every ploy is known by God. Every positive thought as well of compassion, thoughts of forgiveness, grace, love, mercy, kindness, and joy, and blessing. These are known by God as well. Who? That's daunting. It's being fully exposed and transparent before God. It's kind of like being under the MRI of God's cognizance. But here's the good news. God has heard it all before and God has seen it all before. God can handle it. God can take it. And God loves us anyway. The psalmist feels trapped. God has hemmed him or her in before and behind and on each side. They cannot get away and God's hand is upon them holding them caressing them, yes, but also gripping them and holding them fast. The psalmist is literally overwhelmed. Such knowledge is unbearable. It's unfathomable to the psalmist. It's wonderful and disturbing at the same time. It's comforting and unnerving as well. How can we stand up under this scrutiny? How can we endure this being under the microscope of God? Well, here's the thing. And this is the truth I want us all to take away. 
God loves us anyway. God's love is perfect. God's love is pure. It is not marred or diminished by us giving in to our false self in any way. I love what Philip Yancey said in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace. He put it this way. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us more. There's also nothing that we can do to make God love us less. God loves us with a perfect and pure love. Well, the psalmist asks, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So as the psalmist ponders this, we see his or her attempt to describe the farthest regions of the then known world. If I ascend to heaven, and this is not the heaven of our eternal home that psalmist is talking about. In the Hebrew mind of the cosmos, the heaven meant the dome that covers the earth. It means the stars, where the stars reign at night, where the sun reigns by day, the sky, if you will. So the psalmist, if I ascend to heaven, if I go to the tippy top of the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, meaning if I make my bed in the underworld, if I make my bed in the grave, if I make my bed underground, even there you are. So already vertically, up and down, God is everywhere. And then very poetically, the psalmist uses this phrase, if I take the wings of the morning, meaning as far as the east is, and I settle on the farthest limits of the sea as far as the west is, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me, your right hand will hold me fast. So now, up, down, all around, here, there, everywhere, God is already there. God is omnipresent. So the psalmist comes up with one more idea. Hmm. Surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me become as night. The psalmist ponders our inability as humans to see in the dark. And if you've ever really, 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 really been in the dark, you know that feeling. It's an engulfing feeling. Maybe, maybe in the dark, God can't see me. God won't know what's going on. No, even in the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. We are never alone. God is with us. Us. It's inescapable. Up, down, here, there, everywhere, all around, all time, all everywhere, God is with us. One begins to see why the psalmist is so overwhelmed. God is inescapable. There is nowhere to hide. We cannot get away from God no matter where we go, to the highest heights, lowest depths, farthest east, farthest west. God is there. This is a truth that is both comforting and concerning. It both consoles us and challenges us. It brings us confidence and peace and hope, but it also makes us peek over our shoulders in trepidation and fear. But ultimately, like that doctor, this is for our good. Even in the darkest times, when we're going through great trouble in our own hearts and lives, maybe in our relationships, God is there. God often shows up in relationship. God often shows up to us in our friends. God often shows up to us in our caregivers. God often shows up to us in our family. God is there. 
We need to know that. That brings us hope. It brings us joy. It warms our heart. It fills our souls. It gives us something to go on. But also when we're tempted to give in again and again to that sin that so easily besets us, the writer of Hebrews tells us. We've battled that sin over and over and over through our lives and we still give in to it. Even there, God is with us. God can handle it. God wants to help us. God wants to see us through. Sometimes, again, that is through someone that challenges us and helps us be accountable to what God is calling us to do. Now, this is a theme that we find throughout Scripture. This is not the only passage of Scripture that speaks of God with us. I'm going to give you just a few, a handful here. There's probably 80 more, if not 180 more, references in our Bible to ways that God is with us. But maybe you'll recognize some of these passages. Jesus saying in the book of Matthew, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. God with us. The psalmist in the, one of the most beautiful psalms, Psalm 23, that we all know and love. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God is with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In Deuteronomy, we read these words, be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread of them because it is the Lord God who goes with you. God with us. He will not fail you or forsake you. These words from Isaiah, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame will not consume you. One of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 46, we hear these words, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. God is with us. And the prophecy of the Messiah, quoted by Matthew, again from the book of Isaiah. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. I love that name, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Even in the name of Christ, We see God is with us. In Jesus' words, the very last verse of the book of Matthew before he ascends into heaven after his resurrection. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are never alone. God is with us. When I was a young boy, I was particularly afraid of thunderstorms, lightning and thunder scared me. And especially when they came through, rumbling through in the middle of the night, bright flashes of light, crashing rumbles of thunder scared me greatly. One particular night that I recall, I was probably seven or eight years old, a fierce thunderstorm came through in the middle of the night. And I did maybe what some of you have done. I went and got in bed with my mom and my dad. Because I was scared. I needed their comfort. I needed to be with them. And I remember this night particularly because my father took me in his arms. And one thing he did was teach me to time how far the lightning strike was by seeing the light and then counting 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4. You could count the seconds and if you could get to 5, you knew that that lightning strike was a mile away. 
That won't hurt you. But even better than that, as we watched the storm get closer and closer and rumble by, my dad began to sing. I've seen it in the lightning, heard it in the thunder, and felt it in the rain. My Lord is near me all the time. My Lord is near me all the time. It was a beautiful song written by a friend of my mom and dad's who lived in Forest Park, Georgia. Dad sang that song and taught me that song that night. And I felt my fear going away. God is with us. We are never alone. God comes to us in our friends. God comes to us in our caregivers. God comes to us in the compassion of those that may not even know us well. God comes to us in our family. God is with us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen.